Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Because they're a part of a good church. It's a good place to say amen. amen. Part of a good church and serving a good God and serving an awesome vision. Amen. amen. Praise God. Well, we are in the second week. Uh, two weeks ago, we started a new series simply called The Holy Spirit. And uh, again, we just want to begin to really help you understand the person of the Holy Spirit. And if you recall, uh, two weeks ago when we began this message, we simply said that the Holy Spirit is a person. He's God, but he's a person. He's not a vapor. He's not a ghost. He's not a cloud. He's not a thing. He's a person. And you can only know somebody personally if you recognize that they're a person. And so to identify the Holy Spirit as a person of the Godhead or as God, it gives us the opportunity to know him and to know him personally. Amen? And so, if you recall, Jesus said this. He said, it's to your advantage that I go away. Because if I go away, I'll send him. I'll send the Holy Spirit. And so, therefore, he said, I want you to understand that it is to your advantage. This is better for you. This is good for you. This is going to make a difference in your life. And so, today, I want to talk a little bit more about the person of the Holy Spirit and help you see who he is to you in your life. How we can begin to know him personally and interact with him and have fellowship with him. And so one of the greatest ways that we can begin to identify this or see who he is is to look at the writings or the words of Jesus in which he spoke. And so if you have your Bibles, you can turn over to John chapter 14. We're going to look at a couple places here in John. And theologians, they say that concerning these multiple references that we're going to read they agree that these accounts of what Jesus was speaking of concerning the Holy Spirit was the conversation that he was having with his disciples at the last supper so he's saying listen guys these are this is the last meal that we're going to have together and so I'm going to tell you some things because I'm getting ready to go to the cross and I'm not going to be with you much longer but he says I want you to understand some things of what's coming after this and so in John chapter 14 starting in verse 16 it says and I will pray the father and he will give you another another helper that he may abide with you forever the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him now notice these next words that Jesus says he says but you know him for he will dwell with you and will be in you so, one thing that we notice right away is that Jesus said that concerning him, see, he refers to him as a him, he says, he will be a helper. Amen? So, the Holy Spirit is a helper. But the interesting thing that I see here is that he says to them, he says, and you know him. And you know him because he's been with you and he will be in you. Now, I find it interesting that he makes this distinction. I might refer to this in just a little bit further down the road. But he says, and you know him. I'm wondering if they're saying to themselves, what do you mean we know him? 
I mean, we've only known you. But here you've said we know him. How do we know him? I'm convinced that we as Christians, followers of Christ, have this relationship with the Holy Spirit, but we don't realize that we really know him. There's some things going on that we think, golly, how did that come about? How did I know that? Where did that come from? And there's interactions that the Holy Spirit is helping us with, but we're not really cluing in or identifying that it's him that is helping us. Amen? And so he says, he's with you and you know him. So if we know him, then obviously that tells us that we can also get to know him better. Right? Because how many of you know that there's acquaintances that you have? Right? I'll give you an example. Uh, back when I was in high school, there was a group of guys we ran together, you know, and not all of them were the, the best influence on my life, and uh, maybe I could have been a better influence on their life. But nevertheless, uh, you know, it's been a number of years, 30-plus years, I guess now, that I, I've been in high school running with these guys. But one of my friends, in fact, we're still like best friends to this day, uh, his youngest child graduated from high school just a couple weeks ago, and, or I should say they had their uh, open house just a couple weeks ago. And so I went to the open house just to celebrate with his children and, you know, just to uh, congratulate him. Well, when I was there, there were several of the friends that I used to run with. And one guy in particular, this guy, he was in school, he was a skinny rail. He had long, scraggly hair. I mean, he was just kind of, he was just kind of a mess looking. But when I saw him just a couple weeks ago, he's actually retired from the police force. And as I saw him, I'm like, holy cow. I mean, he filled out. He was buff. I mean, good looking. I'm like, dear God, what happened to you? And then he says to me, he says, man, I wouldn't even recognize you. And I'm thinking, well, I hope it's for the same reason I looked at you. I hope it's good, you know, <laughs> rather than like, dear God, I didn't even recognize you, man. But anyways, I said all that to say that here's a guy that I ran with 30 years ago. Now, coming into acquaintance with him again 30 years later, I know him because I knew him 30 years ago. But I, there's been a lot of time and space, right? And so even though I know him, I don't know him. And so what would cause me to get to know him better? Just start to hang out with him. Start to fellowship with him. Start to interact with him. And therefore, even though I know him, now I can truly get to know him. And so Jesus says, you know the Holy Spirit, and he's a helper. In John chapter 14, starting in verse 25, it says, These things I have spoken to you, while being present with you, but the helper, that's number two. He says he's a helper again. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and he will bring to remembrance all the things that I have said to you. So once again, Jesus is speaking of this person, the Holy Spirit that he is going to send. And he said he's a helper. In John chapter 15, verse 26, again, these are all Jesus speaking here. He says, but when the helper, come on, somebody say he's a helper. When the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. 
Come on, are you getting a hint here that the Holy Spirit is a helper? Come on. How many of you know that kids are good for one thing? They're good helpers, right? At least up until a certain age, and then you got to really fight with them. But isn't it great when you got help, right? I mean, as a pastor, when, when we're doing things in ministry and trying to impact the landscape, when we got helpers, it's like, it's a whole lot easier. And the Bible says that God, Jesus, is sending the Holy Spirit to be a helper. <clears throat> John chapter 16, verse 7, Jesus says, Nevertheless, to tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away, for if I don't go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him. Number four, he says, he's a Helper. Come on, how many of you know that if God or Jesus is telling us the Holy Spirit is a Helper, he must be a Helper. How many of us are relying on him as to be a help or a helper? I mean, unfortunately, so many of us are really just clueless to the Holy Spirit. Remember he said, and he's with you and you know him? So that must mean that he's ever-present. But how many of us are truly aware of the Holy Spirit not only being with us but being in us he's in here I mean he's as close as close can be right I mean it's like this you know if if he was coming and he stood beside you and you were rubbing shoulders with the Holy Spirit you would say golly he's close I mean he's cramping my my space he's in my bubble man come on and he says not only am I going to be close and rub shoulders with you he said I'm going to take one step closer and step in you I mean that's closer than being right next to me he's a helper and he's ever present and he's right there with us but how much or how well do we know him in John's gospel in chapter 16 verse 12 it says I still have many things to tell you but I cannot but I can't but you cannot bear them now however when he the spirit of truth has come. He will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you the things to come. So Jesus tells us that the Holy Spirit is a helper. He said he's with you. He'll be in you. You'll know him. But concerning this person of the Holy Spirit that he says, I'll be a helper, that word helper is actually translated in the Greek as paraclete. So as we begin to look at what the definition of the paraclete is, is he is a counselor, he's a teacher, he's an advocate, he's an intercessor, and one of the ones that probably most of us are familiar with is he's a comforter. The Holy Spirit is a comforter. He will bring comfort to us. How many of you need comfort this morning? Come on, how many of you got things going on in your life and you say, man, I just need a little comfort right now? Well, that's what he, the helper, wants to do is to bring comfort. Now, how many of you know what a comforter is in the sense of not a person but the blanket? You know what I'm talking about? Anybody got a comforter on your bed? Right? Well, you know, it's interesting how there are different kinds of comforters, if you will. And if you've ever found one that you really like, uh, sometimes you'll find that comforters aren't real cheap. You know what I'm talking about? 
I mean, like they come with the whole shams and the pillow, whatever's, you know, and it's just pretty. You know, well, there, there's been times, you know, where, you know, in the past, we got one that's user-friendly right now. But I remember one particular one. I think we got it when we first got married. Uh, you know, my wife was like, this is a comforter. It's not for use. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's for looks. You, you don't use this one. Amen? You know what I'm talking about? How many of you got a comforter that's just for looks? You don't use it, you know? Well, so again, concerning the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit isn't just for looks. This one is to use. The Holy Spirit wants to have interaction with us. He wants to bring comfort. He wants to have a a relationship with you because that's his whole purpose is to be a helper. The Holy Spirit is a comforter and he is in us. He's in you. He's in me. Amen? Now, concerning God being the comforter, not only is he the Holy Spirit, a comforter, but he also works in conjunction with the Word of God. The Word of God is, as we said last week or two weeks ago, the Word of God is the general will of God, but the Holy Spirit brings the specific will of God. But have you ever noticed that there are times when you need comforting and the Word of God comes up from the inside? A scripture that helps you have confidence or comfort or it brings peace to you? What is that? That is the help of the Holy Spirit cooperating with the Word of God. And just as I said, it's interesting how so many people that have the Holy Spirit in them and somehow God said or Jesus says we know Him, but so many of us know very little about Him. If we knew how much of a helper He is... And the comfort that he desires to be, man, we would so long to have a relationship with him. Right on the other hand, the word of God, the Bible says that it is good news. It is the gospel. It brings good news to each one of us. But how many of us are really truly familiar with the word of God? I mean, many times the word of God or the Bible just kind of sits somewhere on the shelf, don't it? It does. Why? Because we get busy. We don't value it, but if I understood that the Word of God is good news, it will change my life. If I understood that the Holy Spirit is the comforter, I would want to interact with Him because of the comfort that He brings. You know, I said to you that He brings comfort. As we were there at the Noah's Ark exhibit, you know, and I'm talking about having fellowship with the Lord. It's interesting how going there to that exhibit, everything about it points to Jesus. Uh, On the ark, there was these big doors, and these are the doors that were representative of where the animals came in. But it was also signifying, or it was the doors that represented there was a coming of a time where God says, shut the doors. Shut the doors. Did you know that the Bible says that Jesus is the door? And so in those doors represented the way to the love of God. And everywhere through that exhibit, I'm telling you what, there were times that I had to bite my lip hard because I just wanted a ball. And you say, well, you're just an emotional kind of guy, aren't you? 
warm and fuzzy. No, man, I'm telling you, it was the Holy Spirit working and talking and fellowshipping with me. Everywhere that we looked, you saw the goodness of God. I mean, when you see the display, you see the wisdom of God, and you just are in awe of how good God is. And see, again, the Holy Spirit wants to have fellowship with us, and He wants to know us. Well, there's three things that I want to bring to your attention concerning the Holy Spirit and who He is. We've been making reference to this, but number one, if you're taking notes, number one, He is my helper. The Holy Spirit is my helper. You realize that if I've got the helper of the Holy Spirit working on the inside, it can't help but turn out the right way, right? How many of you know that the Bible says that concerning the creation, that the Holy Spirit was the one that was making it all happen? So He is the wisdom of God. So if you ever had a question... You've got the genius of who God is on the inside of you. Come on, He's the helper. Come on, have you ever been in a position where you're saying, man, I need to find something, and you just just dared to say, God, where's that at? And all of a sudden, the thought came, and you went and looked where you thought you kind of had that inkling, and sure enough, there it is. See, that's the help of the Holy Spirit. But He wants to do that all the time. But so oftentimes we're so busy, he's the last person that we talk to. I mean, it's funny when you talk to people, I mean, all hell's breaking loose in their life. And they say, you know, well, I guess, you know, I guess we should pray. I mean, it's come to that. Oh, dear God, (laughs) it's time to pray. No, man, that ought to be the first thing that we do. Holy Spirit, help me. Talk to me. Give me some help. Give me some direction. He is the helper. He's in you and he's in me. Now notice what it says here in John's gospel. John chapter 16 starting in verse 8. Again, this is Jesus speaking of the Holy Spirit. And this is what he says. He says, and when he comes or when he, is, uh, when he has come, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe me. Of righteousness righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Now, there's something that we have to identify there concerning that word convict. Because I believe too often times we, we see that word convict and we see these words as he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness and judgment. This is how I believe many church or many people have identified that, that he's going to convict me and tell me how I can't measure up. He's going to convict me and tell me what I'm doing wrong. He's going to convict me and tell me if I don't straighten up, he's going to hit me over the head. Right? But that's not what this means. That word convict means to convince. So in other words, he says, I'm going to convince the world. How many of you know that the world isn't just the people that are apart from God? It's people of God as well because we're in the world. And he says, I'm going to convince the world of sin. What does that mean? That means that apart from God, you have no hope. So he says, I want to convince you that you need a Savior. That's what I came for. And that's my heart is to help you understand and convince you you need a Savior. And then once you receive Christ and become born again or are saved, 
the Bible says that he now convinces you of righteousness. What's righteousness? Righteousness is right standing with God. I could probably sit down and have a conversation with with all of you and probably 95% of you would have a guilty complex of, well, I wish I could have, should have, and I'm just not measuring up with God. But the Bible says that he wants to convince you that once you've received Christ, once you've received your Savior, Jesus, that you are now righteous or in right standing. So what does that mean? All this guilt that we have piled up on our shoulders, woulda, coulda, shoulda, he's here to say, listen, I have forgiven you. You're in right standing with me. Yeah, but I don't feel, no, 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 it's not about how you feel. It's not about what you've done. He says, I want you to know that I love you and I've forgiven you and you're in right standing with me. Amen. He wants to convince you of that. Now, once again, we sit here and we say, well, yeah, amen, praise the Lord. But you realize that that thing right there alone is one of the things that most believers struggle with. Well, I guess I just don't need to go to church because I got to get my act together. Well, God, I'll let you down again. And so, God, I just, you know, until I get my act together, I'm not going back to church. He wants you to know you're in right standing with him. I was listening to one pastor, and he was talking about just growing in this relationship with the Holy Spirit. And he said he came into his church one day, and he said he was observing the people worshiping God. And he said he saw one particular woman worshiping the Lord. And he says to the pastor, or the Holy Spirit says to the pastor, he says, do you know what her past has been? And he says, no. And he talked to him a little bit more. And so, when he got up to take the, the, the platform, he started to talk a little bit, and he spoke to that woman. He pointed her out, and he says, Ma'am, he said, the Lord said to me about something. He said, he said I, I've got a word for you. And so she kind of brightened up, you know, in her countenance. And he says, here's what the Lord said to me. He asked me if I knew your past. And he said, the moment that I said, do I know your past? He said, I seen her countenance drop. He said, so apparently she must have had a really rough past. And he said, but now listen, that's not all he said to me. How many of you know that the Holy Spirit doesn't embarrass people? He's not calling you out to put you on the spot or embarrass you in front of people. He said, here's what the Holy Spirit said. He asked me, did I know your past? And he says, no, Lord, I don't. He says, neither do I. And he told the woman that. He says, now you know that God knows everything, but he wants you to know that he's chosen to forget your past and you no longer have a past when it comes to God. Why? Because you are in right standing with him. Amen. See, God wants to help us and help us have a relationship with him so that it's not heavy and burdensome, but it's one that we have an interaction and a fellowship with. Can you say amen? Amen. So he says he'll convict the world of sin. He'll convict the world uh, of righteousness that you're in right standing. And now it says that he will convict the world of judgment. Now, as I said, this is where we sit and start thinking, ah, yep, God's going to slap me upside the head. He's going to get it right, turn or burn, baby. No, notice what it says. Scripture always defines Scripture. In John's Gospel, chapter 12, starting in verse 31, again, Jesus speaking, he says, Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast down. Who's the ruler of this world? 
Satan. In 1 Corinthians 4, 4, it says that he's the God of this world. Right here it says, the judgment is against him. He says, so what I want to convince you in is that he's already been judged. He's already been cast down. He's already defeated. I beat him at the cross through the death, burial, and resurrection. So now you've got authority over him, and he hasn't got nothing on you, baby. And so what he wants to do is to convince you and help you that the enemy is defeated. Come on. We're not trying to just barely get by. He wants you to know that he's the helper. And he's there to convince you that you're an overcomer. Why? Because of the person of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. So when you think about it, what has been our thinking? Our thinking has been that God's just wanting to beat us up one side and down the other. No, God is endeavoring to love us and draw us closer to him. Amen? He wants to convince us of that. Number two, I said there's three things. Number two, he wants to be my friend. The Holy Spirit is my friend. He's your friend. And if I can put in hashtags, he's not weird. I said the Holy Spirit isn't weird. Now, why is it that we've gotten this mentality that the Holy Spirit is weird? In fact, you start talking about the Holy Spirit in a church setting, and depending on the backgrounds, maybe you got new people in the church, they start, oh, man, we're going to start talking about the Holy Spirit. What they're going to say? What they're going to do? Listen, the Holy Spirit isn't weird. Why is it that we have gotten this mentality of the Holy Spirit being weird? It's probably because of something that we've seen or something that we've heard, Right? How many of you know that it doesn't take the Holy Spirit to make people weird? Right? I mean, you take away the Holy Spirit, they'd still be weird without them. (laughs) They're just some weird people. And so because we've seen or heard about weird people, we've thought, oh my goodness, this Holy Spirit thing is about weirdness. But there is nothing weird about the Holy Spirit. Like I said, there's weird people, but not a weird Holy Spirit, right? And so, what are we looking to do? We're looking to find out God's heart concerning this idea that He's my friend. He's my helper. Now, once again, why is it that we have started to think this idea of the Holy Spirit being weird? Well, one thing that we do see, Jesus said, it was to your advantage that I go. Because you need the Holy Spirit. In Acts, we find out that he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes into your life. So I believe that that the enemy, that Satan started to get nervous about how it would affect the life of those people that are following Jesus. And if they begin to find out how valuable and how much of an advantage they have having a relationship with the Holy Spirit that he sunk. So what do we got to do to create a smoke screen? We got to create weirdness so that people step away from it, right? And again, what is, what is it that we have looked to, to 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 make it weird? Well, once again, you see over there in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, it says where they began to speak with other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. And so again, the devil is focused on one simple thing to make it look or appear weird because of weird people, right? 
But listen, the Bible talks about the gifts of the Spirit. The Bible speaks of the fruit of the Spirit. And so again, if you start to reject the Holy Spirit, you reject Him and everything that He has. Just simply because you've got weirded out about something that you saw or that you heard. And how many of you can really identify with this? That most of what we are afraid of isn't even what we've seen. It's what we've heard about. Somebody said, oh, don't go to that church because they're weird. <laughs> right? And so you don't have any firsthand experience. It's just what somebody said. In fact, I was in Bible school or teaching in this Bible school this past uh, year, and we got talking about the Holy Spirit, and, and one of the students says, oh, yeah, you got to watch out for so-and-so because they're weird. And the particular ministry that they were talking about, I'm familiar with. I, I don't follow the, the particular ministry. But she started to talk about some things. And I said, listen, lady, I said, I don't know them, and I don't know much about them. I said, but what you're telling me right now is false. I said, I can tell you emphatically what you're telling me is not right. She goes, well, that's what it says on the Internet. <laughs> I thought, dear God, if you, if you read everything on the Internet and it was gospel truth, man, we'd all be in trouble, right? So I'm saying that much of what we're afraid of is simply based upon what somebody said, and it's really fear-driven, but the Holy Spirit has so much to offer. He's a compassionate God. He's a friend. He's kind. He wants to have fellowship with us and know us personally. And number three, <clears throat> number three, he's my God. He's my God. He's a helper. He's my friend. And he's my God. You see, the Holy Spirit is ever bit God himself. And so we've got to begin to understand that we can have fellowship with Him. Again, when people talk against the Holy Spirit, they're actually talking against God. And it's simply because they don't understand who He is. All right, let me give you a couple of verses here. In John's Gospel, again, these are all the accounts of Jesus speaking. It says in John chapter 14, chapter 14 verse 16, He says, And I will pray the Father, and He will give you another Helper that he may abide with you forever. See again, Jesus referring to something that he's giving. John 14, verse 26, some of these we've already read. He said, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things that I've said to you. So did you notice in there there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, right? It's referencing all three of them. All right, number, or this uh, third one, John chapter 15, verse 26, it says, But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send, uh, send to you from the Father, uh, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. So again, the interactions of all three. Luke chapter 3, verse 22, it says, The Holy Spirit descended in a bodily form like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So once again, there's the identification of God the Father, of God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now notice what it says here in Acts chapter 5. This is the account of Ananias and Sapphira. It says, but Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? He said, I kept, 
or it says you you kept back part of the price of the land for yourself while it remained with your uh, where it remained it was not was it not your own and after it was sold was it not in your own control why have you conceived this thing in your heart now notice these last words you have not lied to men but you've lied to God so what's he identifying he's saying that the holy spirit is God see the holy spirit is the present-day ministry of Jesus. One individual, he said he, was, he had an encounter with God. He actually went to heaven. And he said he was talking to Jesus. And he said, you know, just again, as he's there, he said he couldn't ever see the Father or look upon the Father's face. He knew where he was. And he said, I, I asked a dumb question. He said, where's the Holy Spirit? And Jesus said, he's on the earth. See, God is, at the, is on the throne. Jesus is on the right hand of the throne because he ascended. But Jesus said, I'm leaving you the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the present day ministry on this earth that we have with God. So my question for you is, is how comfortable are you talking to the Holy Spirit? How comfortable are you interacting with him? How comfortable are you just simply asking for help amen let's close our eyes just as we close this morning I just want to challenge you in this next week just cultivate that relationship with him stir up a consciousness and an awareness that the Holy Spirit is in you. That He's with you. This next week, be conscious to talk to Him. It's okay. Just get used to it and say, Holy Spirit, give me some direction. Give me some help. Maybe there's some things that you need help in. You need wisdom. Just ask him the question. You might be surprised that he gives you an answer. He wants to know you. Amen. Let me just pray over you as we dismiss. Will you stand with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for every single person that's here. I thank you that you're cultivating a hunger an awareness and a desire yeah okay before I continue to pray let me just say something I said in my prayer I thank you for a hunger now for me that's common talk that's church talk if you will and you might say what do you mean when you say hungry for God have you ever been hungry for something where you just had a craving? Or something on the inside that says, man, i got to get me some of that. I, just, I won't be satisfied until I get or eat something of that nature. Well, the reference is the same for God. I'm hungering for God. I desire, I have a craving. I want to be filled and satiated on the inside with Him. 
And Jesus even said, he says, they that do hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. So, Father, I thank you for stirring a hunger on the inside of us to know you. That, God, we would just not be satisfied that there would be something throughout our day. That as we wake up in the morning, there would be just a longing to talk with you. Just to say good morning. Or when I take my lunch at work, I just have a conversation with you. When I'm driving home, and it seems as though there's traffic that's backing up, and I just simply say, God, what's a better route? And all of a sudden, you speak to me, and you give me direction as to which way to go. God, you so want to know us and fellowship with us. And so, God, we say right now, fill us. Help us know you more. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Let's just praise and worship God one last time before we go. Amen. to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life